Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Now, Dean, normally at the start of our shows, I do this little kind of babbling rant yes. thing. I might yes, tell some jokes and try to surprise you with you got some, no jokes? some content. No, because we need to get to the content today. Okay, got it. We've got a good episode. We, we were going to talk about marketing tips from channel experts. Yes. We're going to dive into some, some tips and tricks about marketing, what we've seen, what they've seen, what mm-hmm. they suggest to help mm-hmm. bars, ISVs folks in the channel. I want to let it get to them. So I'm not going to Cuz they know what they're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. They know what they're we talking about. We just pretend about. market. There you go. And <laughs> at the end since we we're doing this live right now, we're recording it live uh-huh. with some actual guests, you know, or, or panelists and, mm-hmm. and actual people watching in attendance right now, they're going to get the option to ask our panelists questions as well. Even so, better. There you go. Yes. So, so they've good, got a role in this. They've got a role in this. Pay attention, ask some questions, we'll answer them. There you go. So there. it is time for us to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, as I mentioned, we've got some great guests with us today, but first, I want to thank Elo for sponsoring this live stream. Look, if you're looking for a full HD professional grade touch monitor, check out Elo's new 70 series. They're well suited for POS, interactive digital signage, self-service, and more. Available in 22 or 24 inch sizes with narrow borders, scratch resistant services, low blue light, flicker free, tilt from 20 to 70 degrees, and black or white housings. Check out your follow-up email tomorrow to find out more information. Since I mentioned Elo, let's let's introduce our first guest here. Let's talk uh, to John Lamb. He is a, the CMO for Elo. We appreciate having you on the show today, John. Tell us a little about yourself. And quick question for you, too. Tell us what your favorite part of being in marketing is. Yeah. So, actually, it's funny. Uh, this week, this became my longest full-time tenure job ever. So, awesome. Congratulations, sir. Yeah. You know, I love marketing. I just, it's, I think what I love about it the most, it really is, the ability to tap into creative problem solving, right? You know, you find creative solutions for complex issues. You're trying to talk about a, a touchscreen monitor, which is complex by its nature in how it's actually designed and all the stuff that goes into it. Yet, if, when we build that script, we build that song sheet, if you will, you are able to just to give us all the simplistic, you know, user benefits right there. And I just think that that's great. As a tech marketer, it's our industry that really does you know, allow you all these awesome tools to help get that message. Once you have the message to help these, you know, it's our industry that gives you these tools to help you get these messages out. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Steve Jobs said it, he said, simple can be harder than complex. And that's what we always try and do is figure out how to boil down that message to the most simplistic fashion so people can understand what the benefits of the, why they should buy the product, why they should buy the service. Brilliant. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Can't ask yeah. better than that. Next up, we have Jody Costa. She is the VP of Marketing for Barcoding Inc. If you listen to this podcast at all, you've heard Jody on here a few yeah. times. She's one of our regular recurring guests. So, Jody, welcome back. Tell folks a little about yourself. And same question for you. What do you like most about being a marketer? Thank you guys for having me back. I really appreciate it. So, like they mentioned, I'm Jody, uh, VP of Marketing for Barcoding. Barcoding is a supply chain automation innovation company. So we help organizations out there be more efficient, accurate, and connected with technology like those beautiful ELO touchscreens. So um, excited to be part of this. Um, I also, like I echo John, I, I love the creative aspects of marketing. That's probably the number one reason uh, I gravitated to this field. But I'll add to that. I'll add a layer to that and say one of my favorite, a couple, two parts of my favorite uh, parts of the job building community. Uh, and, and I think that goes along with this wonderful industry that we're in. Um, so getting people excited about being, we call ourselves supply chain geeks, but getting excited <laughs> and building that loyalty within your customer base and finding ways to continue to help organizations grow and thrive. I absolutely love that. I love the collaboration with all the different components of our, of our, of our teams. So working with sales, working with customer experience, working with ops, um, it's just fun to be part of everything and have that holistic view and bring that together for people um, so that they can you know, easily digest it and then feel part of it. I just, marketing to me is just that, that wonderful um, seat at the table where you get to kind of orchestrate and, um, and then yet still bring in that creative vibe. Mm. So happy to be here, John, Dean, thank you for having me back. 
Hey, you're Always. with you're with us. We're we're geeky too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Everybody's no a little yeah. geeky. I mean, I think yeah. I think that's kind of a little bit of a prerequisite yeah, for marketing, 100%, 100%, frankly. Hundred percent. So. Yeah. Uh, Jean, maybe she can establish this for us. Jean Seekers <laughs> is our our last panelist today. She is the director of global channel marketing for Forty Two Gears. Jean, welcome in. Tell us about yourself. And again, same question for you. What do you love about being in marketing? Great. Thanks, John and Dean. So you already introduced me. Um, just to reiterate, um, I am the uh, marketing director at 42 Gears. So um, thank you, gentlemen, for having me on and being with Jody and John. Uh, 42 Gears, just real quick, I guess, plug for them as well. Um, mobile device management, actually, and endpoint management. So we um, provide software not only for mobile devices, but for peripherals and other endpoints as well. So super excited to be here. Um, been in the industry for a while, but fairly new to 42 Gears. Um, as far as marketing, I, John and Jody, you know, said it really well. It's obviously very fun to be on the creative side of things. I personally, though, really love the partner marketing aspect of it. I mean, when I first started in marketing, corporate marketing, you felt like you were kind of in, within those four walls, right? And anything and everything you did was kind of isolated. Whereas I just love being in the channel, and that's been most of my career because that's kind of where I found the sweet spot. Is that the engagement with the partners, the engagement with the sales teams and other vendors. Um, I don't know that you always get that in a pure marketing role. So for me, channel marketing has been a lot of fun because you get to, you know, get close to and bug the salespeople on a regular basis, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you get to be creative and work with the partners. And it, it is fun, you know, to sit and have those conversations because they're always different. And I know that's going to come out in the podcast, right, is that there's no same conversation that you have over and over again. You know, every partner is different. Their story is different. Their need is different. You know, how do you help them go to market? So it's a lot of fun just like learning as you go, right? Because every conversation you have is a learning experience and, um, you know, still still lots more to come um, on that. So just really enjoy that part of the role and the fact that you get to work with all aspects of the organization, all aspects of the ecosystem. And the fact that it is a community. I mean, Jody and I were just mentioning before we started that we've been working together for, gosh, probably close to 20 years now. And it's like, you know, that's pretty cool. That's mm -hmm. not something you get, you know, in all industries and all jobs. So, um, yeah, I think that's a lot of fun. And then the benefit, too, is that you don't have to hold a quota, which I've always enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yes, so true. yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 As as someone who graduated from sales, I can vouch for that. I, that's, yeah, you know, that's no the, one of the best no parts doubt. about being in marketing. Yeah. All right. Well, if we haven't established, you've got three experts on the line here with us. What a panel. Who are going to yep. go, have a lot to say about marketing, understand marketing, and frankly, just enjoy it. So mm -hmm. why wouldn't you mm -hmm. want to hear what they have to say about it? So let's start off here. Let's get into our first question. And, you know, initially, you know, I, I was thinking about this and what we were talking about here is I know most folks understand. And if you're a reseller and ISV, like, look, I know I need to market in some way. I've got to, I got to get my name out there. I need to have people understand who I am and mm -hmm. what I do. Mm -hmm. But maybe they, they think, hey, look, I'm just going to do the bare minimum of what I need to do. Mm -hmm. I'm best at, you know, technology. I'm best at going out there and selling. I'm best at, you know, integrating solutions. So help them understand, like, what is the the value add? If we're going to talk about a value add a reseller in particular, what is the value add for resellers and for ISVs to effectively market their business? Whichever one of you wants to tackle that one first. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can I'll give it. I'll give it. Oh, go ahead, Joe. Yeah. I think. So I think the number one thing is the value add, you get to differentiate yourselves from the competition, right? Everyone has competitors. Um, it could be based on geography, it could be based on a skill set or a product offering, whatever it is. But the number one value add by marketing is you actually are creating that differentiation so that people understand why they should buy from you. You're helping through that marketing to reach new customers. You're helping to build um, you know, stronger relationships with your existing customers. And I think that you know, effectively marketing a business can help them communicate what that value is to the customer, whether it's exceptional customer service, you know, it could be expertise in a particular segment or type of products, uh, it could be competitive pricing, but whatever it is, I think that's the important part and you have to get that out. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll echo that with, you know, the, the marketing aspect is, is vital to allow everyone to speak the same language within your organization and externally, right? So having um, that consistent ability to go to a partner, a prospective customer, a customer, or even a new hire and say to them, this is why we're different. This is why you want to be part of us, I think is really important. And I think one of the things that I found, you know, when you go into an organization that maybe doesn't have established uh, marketing, 
you may find that lots of people say lots of different things about why you know you should buy from them or why you should be part of their organization and the consistency to me is key in helping to drive a vision forward so um, the marketing aspects are really really important and like john mentioned everybody has some special sauce that they're bringing to the table um, so knowing yourself, knowing those differentiators and, know, and being true about it, right? What's really what differentiates you? Um, and then owning that space uh, out there in the market. Marketing can help you um, get that message out there and really make sure that you are um, getting the love from your partner community, but also showing prospective customers why they should buy from you. Yeah, and I think just the last comment on that, and I think you both mentioned is the consistency and the cadence. I mean, it's not just honing in on that message and making sure that you've got the right message to resonate with your audience, but, you know, getting it out there on a regular cadence, right? You know, we, there's a lot of noise out there and you need to kind of break through the noise and just be ever present, right? In front of your audience, regardless of what medium you choose. So just keeping up with that cadence and making sure that you're constantly getting in front of, you know, current and prospective customers is super important. And as Jody said, making sure that you're all preaching out of the same Bible, right? And saying the same message. I mean, when you reiterate the same message over and over again, whether it's coming from your marketing team or your CEO or your salespeople, just reiterating that same message just helps to kind of build that and build on it um, and just makes it stickier, right? With your audience. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to add here, you know, effectively marketing your business is a value add. And so yeah. I'm, I'm going to kind of turn this a little bit because when I thought about this question, I think to myself, I've been in this in the scenario where you have internal stakeholders that mm. you have to convince that marketing is actually a good thing, right? <laughs> right. And, and I understand like if, if times are tough and budgets shrink and, you know, marketing is... Throw marketing out the door. Yeah, <laughs> right? We don't, need to, we don't need to toot our own horn or tell everybody right, what we right. do. But, but it's critical, right? And so you... But, but knowing that, you have to... How do you combat that, if you will? And maybe that's too strong of word but uh, where i'm at is you have to have good communications and transparency within the organization especially if you if you work for entities that maybe don't see the value of marketing uh, communicate and have transparency on what you're doing and why it's important to continue to do so would you guys agree with that i mean if you found yourselves in situations where man sometimes you got to convince internally people that hey this marketing stuff's really kind of important Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. I was going to say to that point, Deed, I think, you know, marketing's trying to solve problems, right? So that's where I think you sell it internally is, you know, having those discussions with your CEO, with your sales VP. It's like, you know, where can marketing step in and support? So if they see what you're doing and why you're doing it and are part of the decision making as to what that's going to look like, I think the earlier you get the buy-in, the better, right? You know, if you put together a marketing campaign program and kind of just throw it over to sales or someone and be like, hey, you know, go talk about this. They'll be like, you know, they're not invested. So mm -hmm. I think the sooner that you have those internal conversations and make it as part of, you know, why you're doing it and everybody's kind of on board early, I think that's going to help you internally um, with everybody being aligned to, I guess, help promote it. Yeah. I mean, Jody, we've talked a little bit about it. Maybe we'll get your take here. We've talked about how the sales process has changed a little bit over the years, certainly, obviously, with the pandemic. But even before that, you know, you, you started to see the sales process change and, and marketing's need to kind of morph into that as well. I mean, cold calling is kind of out the door a little bit. And and what I love about part of your approach to marketing is that you you think that the internal message and communicating and getting your team on board with the message, right? is equally as important as the stuff that you're doing externally. So could you maybe talk a little bit about that and, and the value of, of marketing, not just externally, but getting internal people to understand the message and be those you know, ambassadors of what you're trying to accomplish? Yeah, no, that's, that's it's wonderful because where I was thinking when Gene was talking was uh, a lot of times the trap is that there's a very narrow definition of marketing. And so um, leadership may think, oh, well, marketing is literally a campaign that drives leads. And that's, that, that's a, a component of marketing. Um, but marketing itself should, have, should be part of that strategic level. Um, and it should be there to help drive the vision of the company um, because that's brand, right? Brand is that, that combination of culture, business, uh, and all your people and everything that you're doing and your promise to your customers. So, you know, get that definition right at the highest levels too, so that you're not being pigeonholed. But once you have that, and once you have that buy-in to why brand is so important and why marketing at that in that big sphere is important, 
then it's obvious that you want as many people to be as a, an ambassador to your company as possible. And that is why it's, I mean, Dean, I am passionate about having every person at Barcoding be as um, excited about the brand and feeling bought in and, and staked in and actually part of it and helping to co-create it yep. because people are my, they're my boots on the ground. They're out there talking to customers. Frankly, they're part of the hiring process, right? So they're in different communities. They're talking about us. Yeah. All of us are people, right? We're out there. We have, you know, we go get a drink with our friends. We tell them about the company. Um, and in today's market, right, everyone's very challenged with finding great talent. And, um, you know, your employees are vital to, to extending that brand out into the marketplace. And when they are bought in and everyone's saying the same thing, then your marketing job gets easier because you have all these people out there helping you do your job, which is wonderful, <laughs> right? You have a little army out there. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. I think yeah. yeah, go ahead, John. Absolutely. It, um, the number one thing, you have to be able to arm your sales team uh, with tools so that when they get that customer, when they get that lead, they can help close it. That's their role at that point. And I think too many organizations just, you know, they don't necessarily focus on those sales tools. They don't focus on mm -hmm. really then also the clean message to go uh, drive leads, right? Um, you can, you actually can see it a lot of trade shows where you'll look up and if, if you can't sit there and think about as you're walking by somebody's stand, that that is you really kind of think about it almost in the 65 mile an hour billboard, right? Mm -hmm. If there's, if you don't get drawn in, if you don't get the message of what this person does, well then how do you expect, you know, anybody to, you know, have that same song sheet as I like to call it, mm -hmm. but to have that messaging to say, this is what we sell. This is what it is. And here's why you should, here's why it's a benefit to you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Brilliant. Yeah. Love it. You know, I mean, they say in sales, you know, people buy from people. Well, to understand who those people are, you got to do some marketing, whether it's <laughs> external or again, the internal. And I love that we're talking about yeah. this idea of the internal marketing here, because I do think that's hugely important. I feel like the best companies, the ones that you enjoy doing work with, are the folks that no matter who you talk to in the organization, top to bottom, they get what the message is. They understand mm -hmm. who they are, what their company mm -hmm. is, what they're about. And you, and you just sense it. You feel it. You see it every time that they're, if they're out there posting on social media, if they're at a show, if they're showing up to do a demonstration with you or talk with you, you know who they are because they all kind of speak the same language in some mm -hmm. way. And that, that's, that is, that's that form of internal marketing, I think, that can bleed into the, to the external, obviously, as well. But it, it does start internally. So, so then let's let's move on to our next question then because I feel like you know that kind of lends itself to this idea is like okay a lot of ours and ISVs might be listening to this and saying all right I get it you're right you know I do need to market I I want to market better I I mm -hmm. understand the value of it I get what it can do for me and for my company however I may only have a very limited amount of people available to do that mm -hmm. maybe I've got a small staff maybe no Sounds one's really really familiar but yeah, yes no go one's ahead. really yes. devoted to marketing maybe right. or maybe I've just got like you know one person who's good at writing one person who's good at design one person who gets how if to you use even marketing have that, systems, right? if yeah. that, and yeah, maybe yeah. one person doing all of those jobs. Right. So, you know, what's what's your advice and your tips for those folks who maybe they've got to market on a budget? Because again, maybe to Dean's point, the higher ups are saying, "Hey, I don't really see the value as much in this. We're just out here to sell stuff. So here's your budget, and it's pretty tiny." Or maybe the staff's not big enough. What are your tips for them? Do you have any kind of recommended tools or platforms also that you suggest that they that they you know dive into to help them manage this process on a tight budget and tight staff level? Gene, why don't you kick this one off for us? Okay, sure. Um, I would just say first thing is, especially if you have a limited resources and budget, is to just get niche figure out and strategize on where is the most important place to spend those dollars, right? You don't have to market everything to everybody. And it's a waste of your money and time to try to do so, honestly. So I think you need to just sit down and figure out, you know, who is your target audience? You know, the the, the more strategic and niche you can get in identifying and drilling down exactly who you want to sell your product to. Um, I think that's just going to help you kind of give somewhere, you know, get some place to start. And from there, um, you know, you don't have to have a bazillion different materials as well. It's like, you know, think about repurposing. If you come up with one or two good pieces of collateral or materials that, you know, whether you do that internally or there is a boatload of, you know, resources available to you, you know, plug for Blue Star, they have an amazing, you know, Barcom marketing arm. Um, you know, there's lots of third party companies that can help you. But I would just say, try not to start huge. You know, you definitely should start small 
think about strategically who you're going after, who's the audience, you know, what type of materials you need to get in front of that audience, and then where to put those materials, right? You know, where you put your messaging is super important because again, you know, not everybody's going to look at email, not everybody's going to listen to a podcast. So I think understanding your audience as well is going to be super important to figure out just where you want to start. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll talk on there to add. Um, I totally agree with Jean, and I think um, one of the best places that you can spend some time is building a bit of a marketing playbook. Um, because in today's environment, it's actually, there's a million great and creative ways uh, that you can get your message out that are very cost effective. Um, but first you wanna establish that foundation, right? So a marketing playbook is just, it's basically a version of a marketing plan, but it's not by year, right? It's your playbook's just gonna have the basics that you need to, to have a good foundation. So identify your ICP, your ideal customer profile. What are those attributes? You know, just write it down. Write down your basic positioning, write down your basic differentiators. Develop one or two personas that suit you. So don't go crazy on it, right? But like one or two that really represent that ideal customer, but who you would actually talk to as a buyer, right? And understand when you do a persona, again, you don't have to, you actually don't have to go out and work with an expensive agency. It's the basics, right? So what kind of people are we talking about? What motivates them? How are they getting compensated? How do they maybe do their research? Just put yourself into the shoes of a customer, better yet, maybe ask a customer uh, that you think is like the, the model child of who you wanna go after. And just write that stuff down, get, get, get it on paper and build that playbook. Because then once you have that, you'll have a better understanding of what those goals of marketing should be. Some companies, maybe based on what you're trying to do, you don't need to spend a lot of dollars um, publicly marketing your company. You may actually end up wanting to invest more in marketing to your partner community or marketing directly to your customers because you have a lot of expansion uh, products. So, it may not be what you think. So doing the foundation work first will help guide you. And then from there, you can start to take advantage of a lot of the tools that are available out there. And I, I'll let John jump in because I know we'll want to get to part two, but I can build that foundation first, establish those goals, and then you can get creative with your budget. Yeah, I agree. And I think it was already talked about, you know, really focusing on that target audience. Um, I do think that you have to kind of be you know pick a specific part the the one that's going to get you the most bang for the buck you know when you have multiple segments where you sell to like we do i mean we sell to it, it a place where a touchscreen can't be used right mm -hmm. uh, but we have to then sort of still stop and say okay great this industry is probably where we want to put our attention uh it's got the best you know roi if you will um there are so many ways in which people you know as far as the other things that people should do i mean leverage social media right? LinkedIn is one of the best assets out there. You can talk to, you know, everyone in work, in the work world, right? Um, so leverage it, you know, build a few assets that are, that, you know, will be beneficial to go on something like LinkedIn, uh, focus on, and, and as I think it was Gene that said it, talk about, you know, focus on a cadence. So make sure you're doing it regularly. Um, content marketing, same thing, right? Uh, building a little bit of content, whether it be visual, whether it be, you know, small word blogs, leveraging your wins and putting those out there so people can see. Um, email marketing, it still is actually fully, you know, it's still such a benefit, right? The open rates haven't really gone up or down. Um, they're still there. And so make sure that you're also doing that in a, in, a, in a cadence that's not too infrequent, not too frequent, right? Find the happy medium and collaborate with partners. There's people like us that are out there, um, whether you go up to a distributor, whether you go up to your manufacturer, whether you go to a, a similar, you know, leveraging a, similar thing like an ISV, a, a synonymous kind of relation, well, um, work with them because you never know what kind of assets you'll, you'll have at your, you know, you'll have available to you unless you ask. Agree with that last one wholeheartedly. I mean, when I work for a reseller, what I'll call the 50 mile radius VAR, mm -hmm. you know, if you draw mm -hmm. a 50 mile radius right. around wherever their office is, that's where their most of their business is coming from. Look, leverage your partners. I mean, there's vendor partners, there's ISV partners. Sometimes if you're a great partner, we were, we developed a, a great relationship with one of the ISVs we work with Scala at the time, and we would leverage them, whether it's through PR, free pre PR that you know, they were a much bigger company than us. But when they did case studies, feature 
pressuring us and things of that nature, those were like guerrilla tactics to right, to get our right. marketing message out uh, by leveraging your partner ecosystem to to enable that. I lo- I'm really happy you brought up social as well, John, because that's one of the ones I had on here. You know, social is one of those. If you can train your team again, this is one of those things that I'm I'm internalizing. I'm thinking of a small reseller. They probably only have ten to maybe twenty total staff members, right? right? And it's not like you want the account. I don't know. There may be some people on the staff that aren't going to be the best at at doing LinkedIn, (laughs) but you can. I'm sure there's quite a there's a handful of people that you just need to enable them. Try to get them to get out there and amplify your message because they've got different ecosystems that they're tapped into and the local people and stuff like that. So you know when you think about it, to me, social is one of those just golden ones. Yeah. You know, for a from a budget standpoint, really easy to leverage. Yeah, 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 I agree. You know, and I think too, at the end of the day, and, and Jody, you mentioned there's there's a lot of there's a lot of options out there. There's plenty of options out there to get your word out in a, in a variety of different ways, mm. including social platforms. Mm-hmm. But I think a great question to always to make sure to ask is where are your customers at? Mm-hmm. Where that are the people profile. that you are trying yeah. to talk to? Is yeah, as you're doing that profile, where are they typically? Are they on LinkedIn? If yeah. so, great. LinkedIn's a great place to do this kind of stuff. Do you find that most of them are actually out on Facebook? Or are they on Twitter? Whatever it is. Are they not on any of those places, but they're responsive to emails or, you know, any figure out where, where it is that they're spending their time either while they're working or potentially when they're not working as well, that you would be able to get in front of them and reach them with messages. And I think once you do that also, the content part obviously is very important because you got to give them a reason to stay connected with you and want to follow you and pay attention to you and mm-hmm. what you're doing. That's right. And, you know, and, I, and sometimes I think, you know, again, this is where you go back to the idea of we mistake marketing for general advertising, mm. that, you know, mm-hmm. sending out just a random email or a right. billboard or yeah. an ad, like some type what, of promotion. What we, yeah. On sale now, <laughs> you know, we've, we've got the new X device, you know, right. that kind of stuff like that can be fine for some folks, but if your entire feed or your, all your, all of your marketing efforts are devoted to nothing mm. but, Mm-hmm. You know, here's the new device that we are selling right mm-hmm. now. Here's another device that we're selling. Yeah. That's going to turn some folks off pretty quick. Right? There's a lot yeah. of folks that are just going to, nah, I'm going to unfollow. I'm not going to be listening to them anymore. So mm-hmm. make sure you're, you can do that kind of stuff, but you got to be mixing in a little bit of other, mm-hmm. some valuable content, whether it's, you know, a lot of the great stuff you guys have mentioned of things like, hey, here's some case study of somebody we worked with and mm-hmm. they had a great experience with them. Here's our recommendations for, you know, the top, you know, five things to get your POS up and running or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Here's an article that we read and we are sharing our thoughts right. on it with yeah. you. Yeah. Anything like that is going to is going to lend you some credence as being someone who's not just trying to sell stuff, but is also someone that understands who they are. Well, a trusted, you yeah, know, a trusted that, consultant, a trusted, trusted advisor, can yeah. trusted consultant, yep. exactly. So, all right, we've we've talked about then you know the social media platforms, obviously, but then are there any other recommended tools or platforms that you guys think really kind of stand above and beyond? If you're not looking to you know, just try everything, mm-hmm. where would you say, hey, these are one or two places that are probably a great idea for you to be, or one or two tools that you should probably be using on a regular basis? Well, I can, I can jump in here. So I, I think, uh, so again, if you're on a budget, I think less is more in terms of what you're trying to get out to the world. So back to Gene's niche comment, right? So we have one topic, let's say we want to own this, or we're doing a product launch, right? So let's think of then if we're doing a product launch, let, you know, who needs to know where are they, et cetera, like we've talked about. Um, but there are some free and like low cost options that you could do and use to kind of enhance that content marketing, get the message out. So um, if you don't have a PR program, um, PR firms tend to be pretty expensive, but I'm a big believer in them. Um, if you do have the uh, ability, there is something called PRLog.com. Dot org, prlog.org, you can do free releases on there or even like $30 releases. Um, the, the benefit to that is you're not going to get a lot of pickup, but if you target, let's say, two a month uh, on your company, um, you'll start to get some search engine relevancy from that and you'll get in the habit of it. Once you have those, you can repurpose them on your blog. And if you do start to make some connections in the media world, so Maybe you've worked with a publisher at a company, uh, you know, a journal, or maybe your partners have. You can start to send those releases very easily and quickly out to those people to maybe get a feature article. So the PR program you can run in-house. It does take a little sweat equity, but there are platforms that don't cost a zillion dollars to get a release out. Then you could use Zoom. Um, So also Zoom being rather affordable. Mm. Um, You can do some recorded videos on there and then you can use some simple video editing software. You could use a CapCut or something else, Adobe Suite-wise, and cut it up 
um, you can use that video content in anywhere. But it's really easy to just get a group like us on a Zoom call and record it and have some good content. Yep. Or just use your telephone. Um, we actually got a cell phone just for the office, just for the marketing team, because we were making so much video content. Um, so you have a phone, you can start to go to town. You can have a champion who's kind of doing a lot of personal phone, you know, interviews, um, someone who's just doing a ton of their own kind of guerrilla marketing. Um, the video, I can't stress enough. Um, I think it's very affordable mm -hmm. and always complement kind of that message that you're building towards and people, we just keep finding that the data just keeps pointing to more and more video. Now I'm going to interject that real quick because I will, I, I'll be the first person to tell you when we do some marketing campaigns sometimes for some of our partners and, you know, we, we, some companies will try to do stuff for, and I'll, you know, it'll be, you know, usually a lot of times we're doing like an ebook campaign or some other where outbound marketing to end users potentially. Mm -hmm. And we'll often, I will often ask like, Hey, do you have any photos? Mm -hmm. Do you have any case study info? Do you have any, anything that shows your products or the products that you're trying to promote in use somewhere? Have you snapped any pictures like out and about as you've done installations? And I'm always amazed how often people come back to me and say, no, I actually, yeah, right. I don't have that any of that. Happens. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that's fine. You know, we've got folks that can do that kind of stuff or create that kind of stuff on the fly for us. But I'm always amazed when people don't do that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a valuable tip of like, hey, we all carry around in our pockets every day <laughs> a pretty decent camera, like, you know, revolutionary yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's no reason why when you're out and about and you're doing something, when you finish up, if you're doing an installation and you're done, snap a picture of it. Mm -hmm. Get a picture with someone standing next to her or a picture of it in use or something that's kind of stuff can be very valuable to your marketing down the road that just shows hey you know what not, we're not just out here trying to sell this stuff but we're also you know actually in places utilizing it here's what it looks like when someone's actually doing mm. it this might be someone you actually know mm -hmm. across town that is, is is doing the exact same thing that kind of stuff is, is very powerful and it's again it's free simple and easy to do because we all have the tool in our pocket I'll, I'll, there's two more so cap cut um you could actually string together a bunch of pictures and add your own. Like I taught myself, my team was using it. I felt old because I'd never heard of it. But <laughs> literally, I taught, I taught myself how to use it for my nonprofit that I work for. And it was so easy. I took a series of pictures. I layered in some of the free audio that they have. And all of a sudden, boom, I had this little, you know, cutesy little video. And I didn't have, it, it was amazing. And it was, it was totally free. Right. Um, the, Thing was HubSpot. When I started, I used HubSpot to get a leg up. Um, they have like a, I don't know what they have now, but at the time it was like a starter That's, level. It's, uh, it's still free, use, I use think. It. Yeah. Yeah. And it was amazing because then you've got the power of this like larger tool, but in a more scaled down way, mm -hmm. you can start to consolidate your work and have everything in one place, um, get email or landing pages up and out. Uh, when you're not a designer, maybe yourself. So, sorry, I'm monopolizing the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was good stuff. Gene or John, you got uh, comments on tools or platforms? Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, John. Yeah, I say. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You go first. Oh, no, go ahead. Okay. Um, I would say also learn how to use Google Analytics, mm. right? Uh, one, make sure you have a good website. And that's it, not hard to do. Every, you know, every kid can put up a website now, right? So, there's places that are out there. You don't have to be somebody that's a professional at doing it, just go on to places like Fiverr and just get somebody to make sure that your website's up to par, right? Because um, it is a great equalizer. It makes it can make you look much bigger than you are. Um, it can certainly also puts that song sheet out there so that if it's written up there, it's probably yeah. an official statement. Right. And you learn how to use Google Analytics so that you understand when you put in the proper tracking things, you actually understand what is actually helping you and what is getting what message out there is resonating and bringing people into you. Um, there's other tools as well. Like I mentioned, Fiverr, I think Hootsuite's a good one. Mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, MailChimp still has, I think, a free version. Mm -hmm. If not, it's a very low cost version. So it allows you to do email marketing, you know, easy that way. And then of course, you know, you can have a LinkedIn corporate, you know, page as well. Um, that's now free. So there's a lot of different tools that are out there. And I think you need to, you know, there's about 14,000 tools in total <laughs> uh, that market. So, I think that, you know, you can find the ones that work work for you. Yeah, for sure. Jean? Yeah, I was just going to add, I know um, Jody and John mentioned a lot of tools, but just a couple of things that resonated. And as Jody was saying, you know, in your marketing, it doesn't have to be these high-end, high-tech, you know, spend thousands and thousands of dollars on these, you know, elaborate videos and stuff. I mean, 
when you're marketing, you're marketing to people. You're not marketing to companies. You're not marketing to, you know, robots or computers, whatever. So keep it personal. You know, the, the more interesting the story is, the more, you know, I don't want to say heartfelt, but just genuine, right? You're, you're communicating to and trying to market to individuals and people. So, you know, those videos that are, you know, just the cheesy videos that your salesperson took, you know, showing that, you know, hey, I just saw a scanner being, you know, used, whatever. It's like, those resonate with folks, right? You know, is that more interesting than seeing, you know, something snazzy and stuff? There's, you know, places for that, right? You know, if you're doing a big presentation or have a big partner conference. But again, I don't think you have to spend, you know, a boatload of money, you know, think of just those little things like the videos and, you know, photos, et cetera. And, you know, a plug for John and Elo, it's like the Elo is everywhere. I mean, mm -hmm. I love seeing that, you know, posted on Facebook and stuff. You'll see, you know, just one of your employees, right? Mm -hmm. It'll be at a McDonald's or wherever it is, and they'll take a snapshot and be like, hey, you know, Elo serving up this or being used for this. And, you know, that resonates with your with your audience, right? You know, they don't always have to have the high tech, high end, glossy, elaborate, you know, they're, they want to hear stories. They want to hear, you know, how it's being used. And I think you mentioned that, John, is like the case studies. I mean, that's another thing is customer references and referrals is, mm -hmm. is so important. You yeah. know, use use your customers, tap into them in a good way. And sorry, I should have qualified that. <laughs> but, um, you know, they are such good sounding boards for what should your messaging be, right? Talk to your current customers, ask them, you know, find out what their pain points are in those discussions with them. And that's what, as a marketer internally, I know this is off subject, I'm sorry, but um, you know, I'll talk to my salespeople all the time. I'm like, you're in front of the customers 24 seven. Tell me what they're telling you. You know, mm -hmm. what, what do they like? What don't they like? What, you know, problems are we solving? What are they seeing and hearing? And, you know, I would say for the partners, do that as well. Talk to your customers. I mean, they're a good sounding board to help you get that information. And then also for referrals and references. I mean, I think both John and Jody mentioned, you know, customer success stories. Again, it doesn't have to be elaborate, but having a customer be that referral for you, even on social media, you know, um, saying great things about your company and stuff, I think can go a long way. So yeah. just a few things. Good stuff. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the elephant in the room. Okay. When you think about tools, recommended tools, mm -hmm. chat GPT, are, are we there yet? So I know Jody, we've talked <laughs> right. about it, but John, well, well, I mean, so seriously, let me let me preface it by saying, you know, from a content perspective, right, we've already kind of dabbled on it a little right, bit. But right. when you think about a tool that can help a small reseller, you know, I'm very interested about how this is all going to pan out. John or Gene, have you guys d dove into ChatGPT at all from like a I marketing a perspective? Do you use it daily? Okay, fair enough. Gene? Even as simple, even as simple as just saying check the grammar on this thing, then, yeah. you know, less right, edits yeah, when you actually yeah. publish it. Like, oh. Yeah. I missed the word. It will, you won't miss a word when you ask it to check your grammar. Right. So, I mean, for me, it's just it's it's one of these tools that we're going to be utilizing. You know, whether you like it or not. But yeah. it but it's it's one that I think can have a, a dramatic impact on somebody's workflow or the ability to create content. I don't think you know. The more and more I hear about it, I don't think we're far off from doing something like telling you know ChatGPT to run a Google ad with these metrics and this budget right, type of a thing right. and through API connections it just does it you know and, yeah. and it meets the the metrics that you're trying to get you know and, and accomplish so uh, for me I mean I really obviously we've really got our eye on it because it's in entering into our space but that's one that I think everybody should kind of have an eye on yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, John don't get me started on on websites uh, that's that's one oh, of my pet right. peeves is website design <laughs> and the folks that have trashy websites where the links are all all bad and yep, yep. looks like it was created when the web was first invented, you know, years ago. So I'm I'm all on board with having a, a high quality website. So I think that's a smart move. Yeah, actually, John, other you, things I've oh, actually been able to use the ChatGPT for is also just taking a. I, I'm doing some writing where I, I publish stuff up on the Forbes Technology Council, and I'll take that entire article and just say, "Give me a you know a Twitter." Uh, because you know, I'm confined to 140 characters on Twitter. Give me right, 140 right. characters to, or give me a LinkedIn one, and I'll tell it. You know, give me 100 words for LinkedIn based on this article, and it's actually, or even what are the keywords I should use? What are the hashtags? And it's actually fascinating to see what it comes back with. Yeah. I don't take it verbatim, but it's it's actually a great start. 
It is a great start. That's yeah. what we talked yeah. about. It's a good, that's what it is, yeah. right? It's a tool, but it's one of those tools that I think that, yeah. again, if I threw on my hat uh, as a small SMB, only very limited in marketing, it can really, really help yeah. in some of these areas, at least get you off the ground and all those kinds of things. Agreed. Yeah. So. All right. Well, then, since we talked about AI as being a potential tool and a oh, trend yes. that people are capitalizing right. on, let's get to our next question here, which is, you know, let's talk about some of these marketing trends. Mm. We've got stuff like these AI tools like ChatGPT, MidJourney mm-hmm. for Design, short form videos. We're starting to see more and more people use like YouTube shorts, TikTok, this kind mm-hmm. of stuff, mm-hmm. VR, AR, social media, et cetera. So what are you guys you know, watching right now? What are you experimenting with outside of maybe ChatGPT? But what other kind of stuff do you think might be useful for our partners in the future when it comes to marketing tools and trends? Who's going first? John, you can throw this one first. All right, I'll go. Go for it. <laughs> um, I think one of the things that we're really working on a lot is, um, I'm going to call it personalization. But it's not that sort of thing where it's like, you know, it knows everything about you, like, say, your Amazon account, right? Mm. Not the creepy level of personalization. But we are trying to get into, we're trying to basically personalize the content, if you will, towards each individual sector. So that if you're, you know, in healthcare, you probably don't want to see, you know, the the restaurant stuff necessarily. Um, and if you're in restaurant, you probably don't want to see the healthcare or the industrial or whatever. We hit so many markets. We're trying to really build out all these individual things so that, you know, it is more personalized for who you are coming. And we're trying to basically make sure we dissect lists and campaigns and stuff like that so we know exactly where this person is coming from and where what where they should actually you know what kind of content should be delivered to them nice good stuff Jenny, yeah, what about you? yeah i would say for sure um i'm on the the big data train too I, I think that that's um just a must have for for marketers and businesses is just understanding what what data you have and how you can better use that in service of your customers right um, I would also say, I, I don't want to bring it back up again, but chat GPT and HubSpot joined forces recently. So um, for those folks who are leveraging HubSpot, they have something that they, they have two, two new products based in OpenAPIs open APIs chat GPT for. So one is content assistant and one is ChatSpot. Um, and they're in beta right now, so like you can, you know, ask to be added to the waitlist. I'm actually in on ChatSpot now. I'm still waiting to get into Content Assist, mm. but you can literally. So with ChatSpot, you can just go in, and and it's a chat function, but it's plugged into your own data set, right? So it's your own HubSpot, and then um, it's plugged into. I think it uses Dolly and a few other, you know, spaces on the web, but. Hey, give me a report of all the MQLs that came in uh, last quarter from Georgia. Bang. Instead of me going out and building it, ChatSpot returns that info. So it's this combination of data plus natural language like chatting. Mm-hmm. That's me. I, I am super excited to dig into this and learn more. I think this is just the beginning, though. I think even without being in a HubSpot community, I think you're going to see more of uh, this crossover of how do we better use our data sets to get customers what the information they want in a more personalized way. And then as a marketer, how do we get the reporting that we need to be able to refine our tactics? It's like, it's it's going to be wild. <laughs> uh, Jody, I have to chime in there and agree with you. I mean, the more you can use the data and the analytics about who your customers are and deliver that intentional messaging, you know, going back to what John said and going back to budgets too. And just, again, that niche and resonating, it's like, you know, us as consumers, you know, we don't like hearing noise of things that, you know, you don't care about. Right. And so many of the big marketers are getting very good at delivering just exactly, you know, what is of interest to you and what you want to hear right now. So use those analytics and, you know, being able to do that account-based marketing, right, to really hone in on your messaging and make sure that it's very intentional and you are zeroing in on what your audience wants to hear. So, yeah, data data is king. I mean, the more that you can pull that together and utilize that in your marketing to, to really refine and reduce cost, right, again, kind of narrowing down rather than casting the net wide, use your dollars smart and, you know, in front of the right audience. And one other thing I want to mention, too, before I forgot, um, John Martin, you had said something about websites. You know, we talk about marketing, um, right, and being able to use social media and whatever else. You know, those are all mediums to catch attention. But ultimately, most of the time, you're driving folks back to your site. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, please don't ignore your website. I mean, that is mm-hmm. huge. Like you said, John, you know, you don't want it to be an ugly baby, right? <laughs> it's like when <laughs> someone finally comes to take a peek, it's like it better it better be, you know, pretty ah, attractive. Yeah, right. 
yeah, get the message across, you know, so just be cognizant of that, you know, um, have some outsiders take a look at your website, make sure that it's very clear what the hell you're selling, you know, make sure the call to action and driving them to act when they see your website is very clear as well. Cause I think, you know, some people forget about that, but um, it seems basic, but yeah. you know, please take a look and make sure your website is, you know, what you want it to be. Yeah. And, 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 and also keep updating it too. Mm -hmm. Like don't just, it's not a set and forget thing. You don't just build your site and you're done because yeah, right. stuff's going to change. Links are going to change. Links are going to break. There's all kinds of stuff that can go wrong. And I, I often see that where you can tell someone build a website at one point and then just, just let it go. Yeah. Didn't oh, never, we're done here. never bother to check in on yeah. it. And you're finding, you're going down rabbit holes like, Oh, you know, here's some uh, news and events. I want to check that out. You click on the news and events tab and it's news and events from six years ago <laughs> because no one's been updating them since then. So, yeah. you know, right. you, you got to stay on top of it when you do it also. Yeah, for sure. What about yeah. you? You got any trends you're keeping on? Well, and, and by the way, case studies and stuff like that is a good way to keep yeah, your, your website so. up to date. Yep. I'll go back to video. You know, I love video came out of that world. Uh, for me, the use, I mean, obviously blue star, we're starting to, experiment with sh YouTube shorts and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. It is an impactful tool. It's an impactful tool, especially for the generation that's coming up. You know, they live in a video world, I'm telling you. And so it's very important to be able to have that production acumen, your ability to do it. It doesn't have to be super sexy, Hollywood, you know, type uh, glossy video. Right, it can right. be, that's what the beauty of where we're at. It can be very raw, shot off of an iPhone. It doesn't matter. You know, it's just yeah. making sure the content's good and, and things of that nature. That's, the, you know, I love that trend. Yeah. The fact yeah. that we're doing a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, I would agree. That, yeah. You know, I think I'm, you know, we I mentioned this, I think, on our, um, we had our pod just a couple weeks ago where we were answering chat GPT questions, actually. Mm -hmm. Jody, here's a, a heads up for one that's coming out soon. And he was asking about some of the trends we're paying attention to. And I mentioned like VR and AR, I think, yeah, are two things right. that I think are going to have an impact in our channel in general. And I think very much so in the marketing world as well. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like mm. yet. I don't know that I'm ready to go play around in the metaverse and mm -hmm. you know, stick something mm -hmm. on my head to you know, do all my meetings in the metaverse necessarily. <laughs> but I think there's an opportunity for, especially for AR, I think there's a lot of opportunity there for that. Mm. That might be a great marketing resource where in the future you're giving people QR codes that they can use to scan and quickly see how a device might look, you know, in yep. their particular environment or mm. get to get quick walkthroughs for, mm -hmm. for product suggestions. Mm -hmm. There's a, little, a lot of stuff there I think that can't happen. So that's what I'm keeping an eye on. Overall, I think when it comes to marketing trends, it's just the idea of, look, you don't have to like jump on every single one of them the second they're out, but you need to know what's going on. Sure. You have to be paying attention. And see if it's applicable to you. Exactly. Right? And dip your toe in from time to time mm -hmm. when necessary. I mean, you don't always have to be the first one if you're not that if you're not that person or that company that's like, I'm never the first one in. Mm -hmm. That's fine, but don't be the last one in. Right. Because if you're the last one in, your competition's already probably way ahead of you and you're just you just look like you're just copying a trend at that point. So <laughs> fair enough. All right. Well, uh, Go ahead. Can I add one thing here? Yeah. So just something that's really topical. Um, one thing is like events are back. <laughs> so um, not a digital trend, but I mean, ProMat set a record for attendance with over 50,000 people uh, going to Chicago for that event, which is really, really relevant to our industry. Um, so don't sleep on the old school event. Um, people are out and about and wanting to get back together in person. Um, so, you know, make sure you have some way of adding that physicalness back into your, uh, into your plan. Cause I, I saw it with my own eyes and yeah, people are, you know, it's, it's back. Events yeah. are back. Yeah. It's a great point. There's nothing that's going to ever give up that personal, you know, communicate that personal touch, right. And that relationship and being face to face. I mean, so yeah, I totally agree with you on that, Jody. Yeah. There you go. Sometimes the best marketing is just showing up where your customers are. Yeah, that, right. <laughs> you know, exactly. And that's cheap and free also. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, hey, then let's wrap up our main part of the conversation here by talking about, um, you know, marketing in general and, and our channel. You know, we've got this great reseller channel that we have built here, you know, with, mm -hmm. with our vendor partners like Elo. We've got us on the distribution side. Mm -hmm. We've got folks like Barcoding and 42 Gears, you know, from VARs, ISVs, all, all through. And we all are part of this one big cohesive network. So how do you think being part of this channel benefits our VARs and our ISVs from a marketing perspective? Because, you know, I think they understand from a, you know, a sales perspective how having these all these connections can really mm -hmm. help them win a sale and win some business and build solutions. But from the marketing side of things, how does being part of this channel benefit us? Uh, Jody, why don't you kick this one off? I think it's a force multiplier. So um, I think we touched upon this earlier, which is like your partners and being part of this, 
this channel, I, I mean, you can do so much more than you could do by yourself. And I think it's a collaborative selling environment, right? We're all bringing full solutions to the table. We don't all own the whole thing. Um, it's, it's a major benefit to have folks who are out there who can help you with content, who can, you know, be inspiring to you, can um, talk to the customers in a different way or bring different insights. Um, there's just, it's an immense benefit. Plus, you get to watch podcasts like this and learn and, um, you know, there's just a huge community out there to, to leverage to make your own individual company be better. I like it. John, what about you? I think that it really helps people also stay informed, um, you know, learning consistent, you know, constantly from a lot of the different experts that you guys bring on and helps them, you know, better understand the, the complexity, if you will, of all the different things that it does take to kind of create a solution. So there's new products, new solutions coming out all the time. And like, you know, we're, we constantly, even when we show up at a trade show, somebody mentioned at Expos recently, we're going to run into some new product out there that is, you know, really a synonymous to our, the, the total solution. So we actually want to kind of bring them into our, our fold as well. So you learn a lot of different things, uh, I think, through this type of, through this channel. Gene, what about you? What are your thoughts on being part of the channel? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I resonate with John and Jody said, you know, we're part of a community, which is really awesome. And everybody, you know, is truly there to help each other out, whether it's vendor to vendor, partner to partner, you know, partner to vendor, etc. Um, so I think just what you can learn from going to a distributor or going to one of your vendors, I mean, it, the message to the partners is you're not in it alone, right? There's a whole community of folks there to help you out. And we all want to help, right? I mean, we're all here to, to hope this entire ecosystem, you know, in, in this community, in this industry grows. And, you know, it's really cool to see all the support, um, again, working with all these folks for so long. And to John's point, I mean, you're always learning new things. So having those conversations at a trade show or at an event, you know, with your peers, I mean, partners like to talk to each other too. You guys are constantly learning from each other. So I would say, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. And, you know, if you don't have a huge marketing budget or a huge marketing team, I mean, just take that first step, reach out to a Jody, a John, you know, Dean, myself, and just be like, hey, you know, give me some pointers here, help me start. And there's so many people that are anxious and just super want to help out and get involved. So, you know, I would say that's kind of the coolest part of the whole ecosystem, if you would. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're in the ecosystem, right? Might as well leverage it. Partner assisted yeah. ecosystems. Mm -hmm. That's that that's what this whole game is all about. Mm -hmm. So from a marketing perspective, you can definitely leverage that. Leverage it in case studies. Leverage it in doing, you know, coordinated PR. Uh, I think we've got, given a couple of tactics here where if you just kind of apply it and these aren't heavy lifts. Right. You, you don't right. have a large department, that's fine. It's just getting with the partners that are in your ecosystem, being intentional about getting case studies or things of that nature, utilizing each one to to amplify the message and be the force multiplier that Jody's yeah. talking about. That's that's part of the game on on, yeah. on the marketing side. Yeah, I mean, one of our mantras here on the pod is no VAR, no ISV is on an island. Right. You don't have to do right. all of this alone unless you, you want to. be. I mean, you can be. Then if you're, you're really on a misfit to. island, you know, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you've got the you've got the resources. You got the folks you can tap into. Right. Somebody mentioned early on in our our, our broadcast here that uh, you know the our VARCOM program that we have here, which mm -hmm. is a great way for VARs that want to partner up with a you know with, with a vendor. Yeah, right. And get a little bit of funding to go out and mm -hmm. cross promote some stuff together. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of stuff that you know you you have a, a VAR partner who can help, so, or the vendor partner that can supply some of the, the budget for you. Mm -hmm. You've got us on the Blue Star side that can use our marketing resources if you don't have that, and then we're basically funneling stuff towards you if any anything comes out of that. Or yeah. ideally, just putting a lot of eyes on you and your products and what you do. So again, kind of what you want to do in marketing. Yeah, there's yeah. programs like that. You know, I know most of most of the vendors you work with have some kind of partner program, and a lot of that comes with mm -hmm. with access to marketing tools mm -hmm. where it's like, hey, mm -hmm. log into your portal and pull up some tools that you can use to go out, whether it's a battle card or whether it's actual like emails that you can build and slot your, your company logo into mm -hmm. and send them out to mm -hmm. folks. There, there's just so much to tap into. And again, most of that stuff, if you're part of this ecosystem, is free or very low cost and easy to access. So it's just a matter of just asking. Ask these questions. Ask us what we can do for you. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we're happy to, to connect you to the right people to make it happen. Yeah, right. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, before we wrap up here, it is time actually for us to open this up to some questions to from our uh, our audience that's actually listening in right now. So 
If you've got those questions, there's a little tab on your GoToWebinar panel that you can open up to type out questions there and send those over, and I'll relay those to our panelists. But you know, before we do that, I want to take a quick moment to, as always, thank our sponsors here mm-hmm. on the Tech Connect podcast. We always appreciate all the folks that sponsor us. ELO is one of our premier sponsors every year. Yep. They've always supported the podcast and our Tech Connect program, so we very much appreciate them and also, obviously, for supporting this particular live stream. But hey, if, if you like this, what we've done today, if you mm-hmm. haven't normally listened to our podcast, podcast this is a great opportunity for you to subscribe so go out uh, if you can find us on youtube we're on blue stars youtube page we always have a playlist of our episodes there follow our youtube page if you listen to podcasts in an audio format most of the time find them anywhere you find podcasts like and subscribe to us leave us reviews we want to get all that kind of stuff and more importantly we need to hear from you yeah so if you've been listening to us today and thinking man i would love to hear a podcast about x you might already find it in the back catalog. Check that out first. But if you can't find it or if you want some more recent info, send your ideas to us. We need those ideas so that we can make a podcast that is mm-hmm. beneficial to you, our listeners. So there's a lot of ways you can do that. One, you can send ideas to us through a link that we have. I'll put it in the email that goes out to everybody that registered tomorrow. It'll have a link that you can send us an idea for the podcast. Just say, hey, I'd love to hear about this topic. I'd love to hear from this particular person. I'd mm-hmm. love to hear something whatever from this Whatever it may vendor. be. Yeah, yeah. whatever it may be. Yeah. Send that to us. We will give you a free Tech Connect podcast T-shirt just for submitting your idea. Even if we don't use it, we will still send you that T-shirt. Even if you give me the idea and I say, hey, we actually did that three episodes ago. Here's We're the still link. sending you the still shirt. Still going to send you that shirt. There it's a go. nice shirt. It's comfy. Jody can attest to it. She's got yeah. one. She yeah. likes it. Shirt is awesome. You love there the shirt. And, and of yeah, course, yeah. you can always keep connected with us, too, by finding us on Twitter at Tech Connect Pod. You can also email us, techconnect at bluestarinc.com. All right, I do have a couple questions here, so I'm going to toss these out. Uh, let's see. One of them here, um, this is, kind of goes back to the idea that we talked about earlier of you know coming up with your customer profile. So mm-hmm. this question says, when you're working on defining what industries or target markets to focus on, what are the top sources of information you use to make educated decisions? I think we kind of touched on this a little bit, but let's get a little more granular with that. Anyone have some, some stuff they want to add to that idea? Well, I would start with, as we go back to the partners, um, most of the partners, so in the bar community, right, we are reselling someone else's products. Um, that's the first place I start because a lot of, the re- of their teams are doing a ton of research uh, into those different markets and they have developed a lot of different insights you can tap into. So that's one, that's one place I start. The second is if it's a new market versus an established market. So the question is, do you have customers already in this market and you want to expand your reach? Or are you looking and saying, I think business is going to be there and I want to be there. Um, they require different research paths. Um, but one thing you keep an eye on is what's happening in the regulatory environment um, because compliance and regulations may often allow you to get into a new market mm. um, just because there's going to be stuff happening and you can start to take a leadership position. But I start with the partners and then also make sure you know, do you already have customers there? Because if you do, start there and research that market that way. If you don't, then you're going to need to do more um, organic research. Mm. Okay. John, Gene, any other thoughts on where to kind of start your your identifying your target markets? Yeah, I think to me, you always look at the total addressable market and you try and understand, you know, so that you could kind of get back to which one's going to give you the biggest ROI, which one are you capable of selling into? Because sometimes, you know, that may not be your profile or you may not may not be your sweet spot. So kind of also understanding based on your profile, who you are, what you could actually handle, deploy, sell, whatever, fund. Um, how does that work with the total addressable market and which one should you then focus on? Yeah, that's good. I like it. Gene, any final thoughts there? Um, yeah, I would just say going back to, you know, figuring out who your addressable market is, like you said, what product are you selling? Where does it fit? I mean, you're selling something for a reason, right? So go back to like, why are we selling this widget or this product? You know, where does that where does that satisfy a need? Who Who is that audience and what do they look like? But by the way, maybe you should think outside the box as well and look at other markets that might benefit from that product too. You know, have you saturated that market? Look at where you are at, like in the maturity of your product in that specific market and look to see if there's other avenues, other places that maybe you should be considering to market the product too, just to think outside the box and expand your footprint a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
think a little bit about some of the audience profiling you can get through Google Analytics mm-hmm. or even LinkedIn, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, like you can load in your customers, who your customers are, and see who like people or like customers are when you're building out that profile. Uh, you might find from other customers or prospects uh, that you're not getting even getting to. You can learn from that and kind of fold that into the overall profile yeah. that you're trying to, to generate. Yeah, agree. And, and also, this is another one of those examples of utilizing the channel as a whole mm. because I know like we've been doing a lot of interesting end user surveys for mm-hmm. our Blue Star Nation mm-hmm. blog. So we've yep. been getting some really detailed information on what end users is like as far as point of sale, warehouse mm-hmm. technology. Mm-hmm. We've got more stuff on warehouse and supply chain technology coming up. Good qualitative information. Yeah, like that. I, yep. I know yep. a lot of our vendor partners, they go out and do regular surveys and deep dives mm-hmm. into what's happening, you know, in, in the actual industries that you might be interested in. So, you know, reach out, find that info. If you if you can't find it, you don't know where it is, reach out to one of your partners somewhere in the channel and they've probably got either access to that info themselves or know somebody that can get you that access. So yeah. don't hesitate. The to art ask. of surveying, right? It's, yeah. a, it's a critical part of marketing. If you do it right, you know, sometimes you have to incentivize it, things of right. that nature. But if you have the right questions and you're intentional about what you're trying to extract out of it, yeah. you can use it in that And way. believe it or not, people still will pick up the phone and answer survey questions. That's right. It ain't me, but some people are apparently <laughs> out there still doing it. And, and they're giving us good feedback. So. Uh, good stuff. All right. Well, hey, what, we're still waiting on a couple more questions maybe to come in here. While we're doing that, we always wrap up our show with a a great segment we call What's Tech Connecting With You. That's where we always ask our panel and our guests of, about something in the world of science, tech innovation that is exciting them or interesting them. Not necessarily anything to do with the rest of the conversation, but just something they feel like talking about. So let's ask one of our folks that. Um, uh, Gene, why don't you get us started? What's tech connecting with you right now? Ooh, Gene, Gene didn't want to be the first one to ask that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, the, I'm not the geeky tech person, to be honest with you. So, um, you know, there's, there's not too much... Um, honestly, on my side. I was just thinking when you asked about the technology stuff when we were talking about the NCAA tournament um, Mm -hmm. before the show started, and I was like, just what is available now as far as just, you know, monitoring, managing those and how easy it is to participate. I mean, that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff is just, yeah. So I'm definitely a sports geek. I'll go that route. And just, um, you know, so fun just being able to tap in and share. We were just talking about how quickly you could pull up brackets, see who's where and how how many points you have. And um, I just, so from... From a geek sports perspective, that that kind of stuff is cool to me. That is the cool part. Although I'm going to go down a path of you know where it's I'm a little worried. It's so easy now to do betting. Uh, at least you mentioned this to Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, that like you can do the FanDuel or whatever. Yeah. So my son's into it now, and, and he hadn't bet, but he first he placed his first bet this weekend. And I'm like, okay, what'd you bet on? You know, ten dollars on blah blah blah. And right. it, he's pulling it up. You can do like real time betting and stuff like that. So I'm with you, Gene. I love that part, but I'm like, ooh, I don't know about this. And just the amount of data that just you can tap. How into, easy yeah. it is. And, and it we've just, talked about it like, yeah. as a fantasy sports folks that you know we. Yeah. There's so much data. Well, I mean, you, can drill you do into. fantasy yeah. baseball for crying out loud, yeah. right? I mean, that's data intensive. Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. very. And much I so. barely scratched the surface on the, right? the potential there. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, uh, John. What about you? What's tech connecting with you right now? Well, we did uh, already talk a lot about the AI chat GPT, so I would probably have gone there, but it, we talked about that a lot. I think <laughs> I'd probably say really five um, G and what is the amount of devices that are becoming connected. And I just think that that is absolutely fascinating. Your ability, you know, one of the products we sell, which is EloView, allows you to connect and control your devices wherever mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. They just have to have an internet connection. So I really think that the, when you start seeing how many connected devices exist and where they're coming, smart scales inside of restaurants so that they can make sure that, you know, they can make everything consistently to a specific batch, um, specific recipe. I just find it fascinating. Yeah. Love it. It all happens with connectivity, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 5G is definitely a a little bit of a game changer as it relates to that. Definitely. Jody, what what about you? What's your tech connecting today? Well, here it is. I I already told you about it. (laughs) 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 Talk about the HubSpot chat spot and content assistant. There you Um, go. But I already talked about them. So I am now completely out of ideas because (laughs) as as John and Dean know, I am very much into books and non-technical things, <laughs> even though I have this model, so I usually don't have too much exciting things to say. But content assistant, real quick, five spot, that one's really cool because that is leveraging more of what like a Jasper does. So mm-hmm. you can be in your marketing automation tool and you can get the chatbot to write you, it's not a chatbot, the content assistant to write you your emails and your blogs right in the tool. So you're not, you're not even leaving 
the space. You're just all working on it in yeah. one spot. And that to me is like a real game changer. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Great stuff. Good yeah, stuff. I want to yeah. check out chats by myself, so I might be asking you <laughs> some questions about that. All right. Well, hey, we don't have any other questions from our audience, which tells me you guys did such a good job covering all things marketing tips and trends. They just they're they're dumbfounded for anything Woo! else to ask about. There you go. Uh, but hey, if you are listening to this, maybe later down the line when the podcast comes out, and you've got a question that you wanted our panel to ask, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, email us techconnect at bluestarink.com. We'll be happy to pass those questions along. I'm not going to answer. Trust me, you don't want to hear it from me, but I'll be happy to pass that question along <laughs> to our panelists and let them give you some more tips and tricks. So Fair enough. Uh, again, this episode will be out on the feed April 13th, so you can watch it again if you want to, share it with your friends and colleagues. Big thank you to Gene, Jody, and John. We appreciate thank having you. Thank you all very today. much. Yes. yes. And a big thanks once again to Elo for sponsoring this live stream. Until next time, everyone, please stay connected. Technic Podcast is brought to you by Zebra. Exceptionally consistent and consistently exceptional. How's that for a tag? Love that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Can I would, borrow that? I know. Can, well, just once, wouldn't you like somebody to say that about you? <laughs> about our podcast? Yes, that would be nice. About our efforts yes. every day? Yeah. I feel like we've been fishing for compliments a lot lately. There you go. Well, but that's the promise of Zebra Media and Supplies, though. Zebra's barcode, RFID, and card supplies have been carefully selected to ensure high print quality, durability, and read performance, as well as reduced printer wear and tear. Users will benefit from reduced instances of unreadable or missing labels, IT service calls, and premature print head failure. You gotta watch out for that mm, premature mm, print head mm. failure. I hear it can happen to anybody, but you know, yeah. you still gotta look out for it. Right. Uh, Zebra's broad pre-tested barcode supplies offering means they have a solution for virtually any application. Look, Zebra knows that printing supplies can impact everything from print head lifespan to operational efficiency. That's why they design, produce, and rigorously pre-test their thermal printing supplies to ensure consistent, optimized performance in your Zebra printer and peace of mind for you and your customers. For industry-leading quality service and thermal printing expertise, choose Zebra Certified Supplies. Check out the link in the show notes to learn more and find helpful resources or reach out to the Blue Star Media team to get help finding the right media for your customers' needs. Technic Podcast is also brought to you by ELO. All right, built with versatility in mind. We're big fans of versatility. We love versatility. It's a good word. Yes, good. Yes. It is a good word. Yeah. ELO Edge Connect offers a wide assortment of peripheral options for your digital display. Mm-hmm. Whether you're talking endless aisle, mm-hmm. I'll let you know on I love channel. That. It's kind well, of type stuff. Need it. Yeah. yeah, you it's need that. Me, right? Self-order, mm, big important thing huge. in retail. Yes. We, we just had a, a pod we talked all about Absolutely. retail trends with yep. our friends over in the EU. Yep. And self-service. Self-service. Collaboration. Mm, yes. You know, it's important to collaborate. Yep, yep. You, know? uh, you can seamlessly attach up to four peripherals to the touchscreen edge with flexibility to add, remove, or change later as needed. All right, let's 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 talk some of these potential edge connectors. Yes. Temperature sensors. N- n- of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, status lights. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if something's yeah, yeah, yeah. working or not, on and off, yeah, but yeah, status yeah. things are. Or orders ready, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. 3D or conference cameras. Oh, I mean, now a, I get your It's a Zoom world, come on. Yes, yeah, of collaboration. course. Uh, barcode scanners, card yes. readers, collaboration tools, payment cradles. If you can't all find this, peripherals, you yeah. can attach all that? Yeah, all that. If you can't find a peripheral to meet your customer's needs, you just aren't trying at this point. <laughs> there you go. You just don't care. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, are you yeah, even yeah. doing in this business anymore? Come right. on. Yeah. Uh, to learn more, check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star account manager.